Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. All-star, World Series winning pitcher, Drew Pomerantz joins the boys, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go, three, two, one, we're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. It's the Charity Stripe Pitcher Free Throws because they're free. So 246 coming hot at you guys and so 245 and we have a great show. You heard it in the introduction. I'll be joined by Nikki Snacks, Kraida, and Alex Tossman, The Rock, Disopolis, and of course, Drew Pomerantz, now of the San Diego Padres. Um, it's a really awesome show, guys. And without any further ado, let's get into the interview. Drew Pomerantz, enjoy. All right, y'all, you heard it in the intro. We got all-star, World Series champ, now pitching for the San Diego Padres, Drew Pomerantz in the house. I almost got tricked up with the LA Chargers because all the San Diego teams are moving and grooving. We have our San Diego Padres. How can I forget because of Nikki Snacks, Kreider, pitcher Drew Pomerantz. How you doing, brother? Good. What's up, guys? How you doing? We're doing great, man. Good to have you. Crazy offseason so far. And we definitely want to get into that in a little bit and hear what you've been up to. But let's talk about your career a little bit. Hear your, hear your story. Hear how you got to the show. Uh, you were picked originally by the Rangers, 12th round, I believe. And then you decided to go play ball at Ole Miss. What was that decision like to bet on yourself in a way? Because you go on to be a future first round pick. So there was a bit of a gamble there. Yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah, going out, I, I didn't want to go to college initially. I uh, My brother had signed out of high school like four years prior. Yeah. And I wanted to take the same, uh, the same route. Um, but it came down to like a small amount of money. And I was, you know, right at the deadline. You know, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to college. And I mean, it worked out for me for three years there. And, um, you know, I got picked way higher than I did before. But it doesn't happen for everyone. So it's a little bit of a risk. But. Um, it literally came down like it was like you just sign at midnight, it's like eleven fifty nine. I was like, uh, no, I'm going to college. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. wild, literally down to the wire. And then you go, you yeah. get drafted in the first round. What's that process like? Because it's it's a little different. Listen, the NBA draft, you kind of have your idea of the guys 
going like one through three. Like we know Zion, John, RJ are going one through three. Last year, the NFL draft is pretty similar. We pretty much have an idea of what's going to happen at the top. MLB really fluctuates. So what's the what's draft yeah. like? What's draft night like then for you guys? Um, you know, I I, I had a really good year. Um, I had a really good year basically every year I was there. So I was kind of mm-hmm. anticipating like I'll, you know I'm going to get drafts a lot higher. And sometimes out of high school, you know they. You know, teams were telling me one to the first or third round. They're telling me, you know, different things. But I think sometimes they get scared they're going to draft you and then you're going to college and then they just waste your pick and all these different things. But when you come out of college, it's like, okay, you're obviously you know, there's only one place to go from here. Yeah. And, you know, I knew I was going to get picked pretty high. And then and then they sent, like, a camera crew for, um, like, to film me, my reaction, like, when I got drafted. So I'm like, Okay, well, I think I'm definitely gonna get drafted. Rather, <laughs> it's gonna be super awkward. I'm gonna be sitting there for a little bit. <laughs> no one's picked me up, but <laughs> that's great, man. And uh, what was the family reaction like? Was it just elation, or because it, it it has to be such a culminating feeling? Yeah, it was awesome. They, we did it um, on Ole Miss campus, and I had like some base, you know, some of my guys that I played with behind me. Um, I it was kind of weird, like. I don't know. It, it was, it was a pretty awesome, I think like at the time you just kind of, it's like this, like you're doing a video call, you know? And yeah. Then, right. You know, when you're on the side of it, you have a chance to think about it and realize, Oh shoot, that's what happened. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, like it always hits me like that. It takes me a little time for it to you have to take a step back and let it all sink in. And process. But it was awesome. And process everything. Now we got a glimpse into the minor leagues uh, last week from our last guest, Brad Keller, and he had some wild stories. Where did you start off? What what city? What town? What state did you start off in the minors? And you got any wild tales from uh, them? See, I started in Kenston, um, Kenston, North Carolina. Okay. So my first my first year was wild. So my I. I didn't play. I got drafted in 2010. I signed in August, so I didn't play at all that year. And then um, comes to the next year. So my first spring training is 2011. I uh, I went in spring training with the Indians, yeah. and uh, that was a camp. Got sent down to my league camp, and then uh, got sent to High in Kenton, North Carolina. Um, so that was like my first taste of um, of pro ball. Um, and it was fun. I mean, I, you know, some of those towns, you know, it's all bus rides and, you know, AC broken on the bus and East coast in the summer and hot as hell. You know, there's all those kind of things going on, but, um, from, from there, I'll just go ahead and tell you the whole year. because Please. Yeah. We want to, we want to hear it all, man. We want to hear the, we want to hear the come up. So, So I'm there until. I got picked to be on the futures team. So I go to the futures game, which is the fourth <clears throat> game. And I, you know, I pitched there and, but they told me, you know, when you're going, when you come back, you're going, um, I think that's when I, yeah. I think when I came back from there, they're like, you're going to double a. Uh, so I'm like, all right. So I got, I went back. I flew from, um, I guess the futures game was in Phoenix. And then I flew back to North Carolina Got my truck, drove like 14 hours to Akron. Jesus. I think I went home. I went. I went home to my my actual home in Tennessee like three times this year, which is crazy, which never happens. I mean, during yeah. baseball. Yeah, yeah. So I drove. It was like 14 hours. I some like 14 hours from North Carolina to Akron, 
and then I God, what did I do? They didn't, okay, so they I, didn't fly you down. It's just like pick up and go. That's so old school. Well, you had the option to do you know you can fly whatever but i was like i have my car and i can fit everything in it so i'm just gonna go yeah it's gonna take so then i um i go there i pitched like three times and and then i'm in the bullpen warming up for like i don't know i don't remember the exact numbers i call it my fifth start we're in akron and i'm like you know it's like 10 minutes before the game i'm almost ready and the phone rings in the bullpen and the coach answers it, you know, puts the phone down. He's like, hey, uh, you, you're done. Go inside. I'm like, wait, what? what's going on? And they're like, uh, uh, and then as I'm walking out, another bullpen guy hops up and starts getting ready real fast. And so I'm like awkwardly walking across the field when the game's in 10 minutes. I'm not, you know, going back in the clubhouse and somebody passes me and like, hey, you just got traded. And I'm like, this is my first year in football. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now. So I just kept walking in. I go into the clubhouse and like, they're like, Hey, you know, you're probably getting traded. Um, they're trying to finalize some things. And I guess it was something like, so that was, I got traded to Colorado. For Ubaldo. Ubaldo. Yeah. But I think like he, that he was pitching that night. So like, and they didn't take him out during this. So he like Jesus. threw like a hundred pitches, four innings or something crazy. So then everyone <clears throat> well, we need to make sure this guy's okay. And like, yeah, stuff hung up, but all four guys that got traded, we we're all in Akron. And so like the next couple of days while they're finalizing stuff, we're like, well, what do we do? We're just like <laughs> super like, awkward. Huh? Yeah, just everyone's like hanging out, not knowing what's happening. Yeah. So, you know, we were like, you know, the next game I'm like, you know, laying on the couch, just hanging out. Cause I, I, know I can't go out there. I can't do anything. And then, um, you know, and then it comes, okay. They announced that I was like, you know, like the lead guy getting traded prospect and, you know, and then it comes to find out that there's this rule that I can't actually be traded until you've been with the organization a year. So this is July 31st and I can't, you know, I signed August 16th. So like I couldn't actually be traded for 15 days. So then it's like, Oh, player to be named later, but <laughs> I'm, I'm already been named. Yeah. So then there's, awkward there's this awkward time where it's like okay what do you do like am i and they're about to go on like a 10-hour bus ride i'm like i can't even play like i'm not going on this bus ride like <laughs> right fuck this bus i'm out of here <laughs> yeah, like i'm literally on the bus and we're about to leave and my agent calls me he's like get off the bus so i get off right before they leave and i'm pretty sure i went home that's the first time i went home i drove all the way to memphis and i convinced you know, we kind of convinced them to send me to Arizona. Yeah. Like for a weird period. So I go home and then I go get, you know, fly to Arizona and then, you know, I'm traded, but I'm not technically allowed to be traded. So I have to go to the Indians facility in mm -hmm. Arizona, but Colorado, I've already like been traded to Colorado. So like I go to the Cleveland place and no one like wants to tell me what to do because like they don't want to be the person to tell me, you oh, know, yeah. Hey, go, Throw, go yeah, totally. Her and her fault. So I'm like, just like doing whatever I want, you know, like I didn't know what to do. And Anthony Reyes was there at the time, like rehabbing. So I was just like working out and throwing with him and running with them and you know, trying to like keep my brain, you know, focused, um, trying to like motivate myself the whole time. And, you know, 
somehow during sometime during that process they tell me like you're gonna pitch a few times and you're gonna get called up to the big leagues and i'm like wait what like it's my first year in pro bowl you know they tell me you're gonna pitch a couple times and then call you up so like sorry this is a lot this is a long story but no it's, we want to hear it man i love this it is, we're in it we're in it this is so, what, this is what we came for baby so so then i um you know it comes the night before I can actually be traded. So they tell me they're going to send me to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. So, and like, Hey, you're pitching this day. I was like basically pitching the next day. So going to Tulsa, go out. I haven't pitched in a game in 16 days. Like I was throwing to hitters, but no one's allowed to swing. And it was super awkward. And I pitch in Tulsa this at a night game. I go like six and two thirds innings. Perfect. I got a perfect game. It was six and two thirds. First time I pitched in 16 days. And I wow. gave it and then like came out seventh or eighth or something. So then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I guess that looked pretty good. Yeah. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, God, I don't feel good. I feel sick. Like, I feel like something's wrong. And like my stomach's killing me. And, you know, I, I go in, I like told the trainers, like, I don't feel good. Like something's up in my stomach. <clears throat> I, you know, I thought I had to throw up, but I didn't. So like I go in and like, okay, you know, go to the emergency room. And I'm like driving around Tulsa, like, <laughs> like crunched over. I have no idea. Tulsa's roads are like the worst. They're like highways are like intertwining and all. <laughs> oh yeah. We do. We know middle America, man. We got oh, you. My yeah. <laughs> Brutal. So like, I finally find, I just pull up the emergency room by myself and I go in and they do some like scans, whatever turns out, turns out I have appendicitis. So like they're like, okay, you need to like take your Penix out right now. I'm like, right now? Like I just pulled up. Yeah. So I called around and called my parents and like called um you know, I, I called the team and they're like, Okay, I just get this done. So then I like basically a couple hours go by and I go into surgery. My parents drove from Memphis to Tulsa and then um, you know, you know, trainers came, checked on me, whatever. So I had the surgery, wake up. And then I basically get in the car and go, they're like, okay, you're not going to do anything. I was like, okay, so can I just go home to Memphis? It was like five hours, something like that. And they're like, yeah, sure. So I'm like, all right. So I go home. That's the second time I went home that year. (laughs) This never happens. Like, and so then, you know, I'm there for a few days and basically, I mean, I, I was fine, like very quickly. Yeah. And so then I, I had got in my truck again, met the team, and I want to say it was like Fable in Arkansas somewhere or something, which wasn't a bad drive either. So I meet them, and I have this plan to like ramp up and pitch. I mean, they, meanwhile, this whole time, like when I hear I have appendicitis, I'm like, well, you, know, you hear all the time, like people miss their chance to get caught up to the big leagues yeah. and all these things. What if, you know, what if I suck from here on and like, you know, I never get called up? And like, like that was my chance, and I just missed it. Did you I'm really think that would have? You really thought that could affect you like that, or it kind of just throws uh, your psyche a little bit? The wheel starts spinning yeah. in your head. Yeah, like totally. what if this was my one shot? <laughs> and then so, I, you know, I met back up with the team. I had a plan to pitch the last game of the season. So then, um, you know, I I pitched, ended up pitching the last game of the season. I threw, th- I started the game through three perfect innings again. So I had pitched really well in Double A. Yeah. So then they take me out and I come in and the manager's like, you know, it's one of those moments where it's like, the manager's like, yeah, pretty good. He's like, you think you can do that in Colorado? I was like, 
wait, what do you mean? He's like, your next start's going to be in the big leagues. And then by then, you know, I'm like freaking out. Jesus. So I did not expect it because no one had said anything to me. You know, I thought that. <laughs> you were wow. totally in the dark. Yeah. It's the most and, nonchalant uh, sport. It's like, yeah, yeah, by the way, just pick it up and go. You're going to Akron tomorrow. Yeah. And don't get too comfortable because you're going to Tulsa than Colorado. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then I like call everyone. I'm like, you know freaking out so then again i you know season's over so i get all my stuff drive back to memphis so i'm there a third time and i go there for a couple of days and then i want to say it was i don't remember the exact date but they were like you're pitching september 11th so i i and i had a few days so i go back to memphis then flew up to colorado and you know i had some time to gather or show up there and like this is all my first year i'm like trying to get my feet wet in pro ball i'm like yeah. i'm in the big yeah. league you know and uh, yeah, I debuted on the tenure of 9-11. So it was Jesus. like, you know, all this stuff going on, like American flag on the field, flyover, like, you know, everything happening. And, um, you know, it was, it was awesome. You know, I had time to get all my family and my friends there. And just like that whole year, I'm just, after the year, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's, this is what pro balls like. like yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Not... <laughs> Thank God I have no more appendixes. There's only one in my body. I'm more <laughs> removed. That's oh what, what what are what's your feeling like before your first ever start compared to now? I mean, now you come out, now you're out of the bullpen, you've made a bunch of starts, <clears throat> you're a 17 game winner. How do those starts now compare to that first one? Is it really just something magical that you'll never forget, or is it kind of blended with the rest? Um, you know, when I was first there, I wasn't really thinking too much. I pitched well in my first start. I won my first ever start. It's great. Um, against five scoreless innings. Yep, against the Reds and um, in Colorado, and um, yeah, and then I got. I think I did pretty good the sec. The second start I did okay against the Giants. And then, you know, you don't really at the time you don't really think about it. you know you go out and pitch good and it's like oh this is just like anything else you yeah. know. And I think it was my third start. I'm pitching in Houston. This is when Houston's still in the National League. Yeah. I. I gave up like seven doubles in a row to lead off the game. Like, Jesus. <laughs> they were like just trading places. It was like double and then double score, double score, double score. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And it just, and like, you know, by then you just, that's where I first realized the game really speeds up on you because mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't think they were taking pitches. Like, I threw like seven pitches, seven doubles. <laughs> seven for seven. Just- <laughs> ridiculous that's what i felt like and like by the time i like gathered myself and stepped off and was like what the hell just happened it was like six nothing or something (laughs) and i'm like you're just completely helpless like you have nowhere you have nothing to do like what do you what am i supposed to do yeah (laughs) when like when you get in a situation like that like in games where like you know it's not going well for you i mean is the mindset like okay i gotta get through this on my own or is it like all right, come on, coach. Like, let's, you know, get some help going on here. Yeah, I I didn't know what to do. I was completely lost. Like, it's the most helpless feeling in the world when you're pitching and, like, you're just getting crushed because everyone has a face. And, like, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do. You know, it's like, you know, it, it's it's wild. But I did end up getting my first major league hit that day. So at least, like, something good, something good came out of it. The theme of the yeah. pitchers love their first major league hit. It's a huge moment yeah. for them. What, when, when, you, when you get traded to Colorado, if I may ask, now that that's in the past, as a pitcher, is it really kind of like, oh, shit, I'm going to Colorado? Do you guys have that sentiment, or are you kind of just like, all right, another place to pitch? 
kind of, but at the same time, like, I'm just getting, like, I didn't really think about it that much because yeah. I never really and, like, definitely never pitched there. And, like, I just had no – I didn't even have any expectations because I had no, like, base way to – you know, I had no experience in this. Sorry. Yeah. You're good. Don't worry about it. Happens to us all the time, man. It's a man hunts around Los Angeles every day. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really, like, think about it. I mean, you know, once you get there, you know, curveballs break a little different, but – you, know, you just you just react to it. I mean, yeah. now back on it, um, you know, it definitely was weird. Uh, but now I had you know every year was something. You know, like, and the next year, my my rookie year there, we did the four man rotation, seventy five pitch limit. It's like there was just so many things going on. You know, yeah. I'm trying to trying to get guys out, but I only have seventy five pitches, and if I have ten or less, I can't go back out for the next inning. And like I'm a high pitch guy, high pitch count guy, and like that was how I was trying to learn how to play pro ball in the big leagues was you know like that. And it's as if it's not hard enough to get big league hitters out. You have you know you're on a pitch count, and you know most of the time I want four innings, and all you can get is a loss. You can't get a win. Yeah, so, totally. I mean that's that's got to be tough to get your footing, but you finally get your. I mean you get your footing in a big way in san diego what changes that all-star season for you what was like the big shift for you yeah you know i i kind of started to get together i came out of the bullpen at the end of 2013 it kind of was like a process that led to it end of 2013 um i came out of the bullpen pitched really well you know i thought like okay i'm gonna do good in 2015 with the uh wait, 20, 2014 with yeah. colorado i get traded you know for the second time at winter meetings and, um, you know, I go to Oakland and there, like, I had no idea what was, what was going to happen. Like, like, you know, you just come in to make the team. So you, that, you just kind of, whatever expectation I kind of had to like, kind of had to reinvent myself a little bit and just kind of like, remember what made me good and try and simplify things. Because when you're about pitching, it's like, there's just, like I said, the game speeds up on you so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your your thoughts are just like all over the place, and no one's gonna help you. <laughs> you know, you're you're out there by yourself. Yeah, dude, it's one of the loneliest positions in the game, in sports yeah. in general. Pitcher, like swimmer, and like Tiger Woods in golf, and like it's just like you guys kind of alone on the on the on the mound. Uh, exactly. See, so when you, when you say reinvent yourself, though, and, and what what kind of what does that mean? Like reinvent yourself in the clubhouse or within yourself in that sense? Um, just pitching wise and. Yeah. Well, I actually that that off season before then I got to throw a few bullpens with Randy Wolf, and he was around and right. you know he he really said something to me that like that made a lot of sense. He was like you know because in pitching you know every day you know sometimes every day it's like okay I need to you know stay back today. Okay, well you go in the next day and you try and just stay back and you know use your legs more and that doesn't work. So then it, like every day your thoughts like evolve into something else and like you're just you can't catch up because you're just every day you're changing your entire like you know mechanics Mm -hmm. so he was he told me you need to sit down you need to write down like what are my three most important keys to help me you know be consistent and you know things that aren't going to change things that you have to decide are what they are so I, you know, I don't remember exactly what they were, but I had three things and he's like, 
you know, then when you're pitching and it's like, man, that doesn't feel right. I can't throw a strike. You step off and you go through your checklist. Um, you know, did I stay back? Did I, you know, make sure I got my arm up? Oh, didn't do that. Then you fix it. You know, it minimizes your window and helps, you know, they're throwing five pitches, but it could be five homers. You know, you, you throw one pitch and you fix it faster and then you kind of just get back on track, which was huge for me. That's great. And you know what? I'm sure like every pitcher has something different. And how much are you guys picking up from each other? Like you say, you're picking up something from Randy Wolf, like, and which is probably passed down from another guy. And how much are you kind of now helping the younger guys as you're going to the clubhouse and now you're becoming a veteran? Like what's being passed around information wise? Yeah, I, I think, you know, part of, I've been traded five times. So like I, I've been, I've played with so many different people and like a, like a short amount of time. I've been very lucky, very fortunate to play with a lot of veteran guys. And, you know, Boston was, was awesome. I mean, I, we had, you know, David Price, Rick Porcello, um, you know, Chris Sale, like I play with all these guys. And it's like, you just sit and try and like, you know, even along, along the way, like, you know, Scott Casimir, Sonny Gray, those watching those guys play. And, you know, I, you, you try and learn, you try and pick up information. Like you try and just, just listen to everything and, you know, try and remember all of it. And I feel like that kind of like, like matured me very fast because I had to adapt to all these different situations. Totally. And, um, you know, and now I, I kind of try and like help when I can, but no, like, you know, I don't want to like step in and be like, Oh, you need to do this, you know, but just kind of be there and give some helpful hints, you know, my experiences because everyone goes through different stuff, has different thoughts going through their head. Um, you know, deals, deals with different things in different ways, but I try and just be like, you know, a help for people because I've been really good. I've been really bad. I've been in a lot of different places. I've been very fortunate to experience like so many different things over the course of my career. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. You talk I mean, about, yeah, go Nick. You talk about that. You've been traded five times. I mean, what's that like going to a new team every single time? I mean, do you kind of look for people with familiar faces that you've played with in the past or and you're trying to kind of associate with someone new that, you know, you, you're like a fan of their career. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, you know, you know, sometimes it just depends on who you're hanging out with. You know, you normally yeah. hang out with starters or if you knew a guy or like Milwaukee last year, I'm hanging out in the bullpen. So I, I get to hang out with those guys most of the time. And, um, you know, you, you just, that's who you hang around, but it becomes like, I, I say all the time, the same shit, different place. You know, it's like, yeah doing the same thing everyone's doing the same thing at a certain yeah. point you know and, and i've i've known, known somebody basically everywhere like i go in every clubhouse and i know somebody yeah. and then you know some of the older guys my brother played in minor leagues for a long time he's four years older so like me or him know someone or there's definitely a connection with somebody. and it kind of helps you you know adapt a lot quicker yeah definitely Totally. And then the up and down thing is kind of wild because you'll think you're on the down, Pomerantz is on the down, and next thing you know, the guy's an all-star and his light's out in San Diego. And what's the feeling like going from San Diego, you're crushing it, and then they go, okay, you're going to the Red Sox. Are you a little sad that you're leaving a place where you're on fire, or are you excited, or is it a mix of both that you're going to a winning organization? Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, I really reinvented myself then, and I you know, I started using my curve. My curveball usage went, like, through the roof. And I started just dominating guys. I, you know, I barely squeaked into the all-star game. I mean, even though I had really good numbers, but you know, I, I felt I felt like I should have been there. But 
you know, I, you know, I was very lucky. I think I was like the last guy added in there. Um, and I was really comfortable, you know, I, I pitched really well, basically the entire time. And so I, I was like, oh, I could get traded because I've been traded a few times at this point. And I guess I've been traded three times already, I think. Jeez. And I, you know, I, I go to the All-Star game and, you know, let's start talking. I'm, I'm like hanging around like Kershaw and Bum and Bumgarner and like all these guys who are all like throwing. Um, Scherzer and all those guys. And, and Kershaw's like, you're definitely getting traded. You know, I'm like. <laughs> Ruthless. I'm like, I'm like, the guy who's never been traded. Oh, <laughs> tells you that. Yeah. Dude, and like it kind of got real. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to. Then I started like really thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to get traded. <laughs> and then yeah. literally the next day that all this stuff starts coming out and I didn't hear anything like all day. We had an optional workout. But I was—I just pitched in the All-Star game, so I'm like, I'm not gonna go in and, and do anything because I pitched. They, I didn't get a, a break really because All-Star games, bare, like, it's a lot going on. You know, it's yeah. awesome, it's amazing, but it's definitely not a break. You know, it's, yeah, talk you know, no way. You soak it all in, and it was like one of the coolest things ever. Like playing um, in my home ballpark, you know, yeah, that was like it was amazing. Um, so then, I, you know, did stuff the next day, like it's coming out on ESPN, whatever. And I've still heard nothing. And then, you know, something was the hang up and then it all went through. So, um, that was, that was pretty wild, but, um, it's another, another turn, you know, turning point in my career that, you know, just adapt to a new place. Yeah. And then you go to Boston, your first full season in Boston, you rack up 17 wins. Now I know they're like the baseball snobs of the day are quality starts and wins all that nonsense, but you get 17 wins. Your shit's hot fam, as they say nowadays. So what is that feeling like to get to be a 17 win pitcher to have that in your, in your career? Did you ever think you'd get to that point? You ever think get to an all-star game, you know? Yeah. I think I won something like 10 games in a row that year or something wild. Oh and yeah. Was, you, uh, dude, as a fan, you were hot, bro. We, he, I, we, you yeah. step on the mat. I'm like, all right, let's go, baby. Let's get it going. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty locked in. And, you know, I, I stayed pretty locked in that whole year. Um, you know, it was amazing. Like to do it in a place like Boston, like, you know, I tell people I've had, I've had the best year of my career, followed by the worst year of my career in Boston. So I've seen like full spectrum of what it's like <laughs> to play oh, yeah. in Boston, you know? you know, all the love and all the hate and all everything in between. You know, um, but it was, I mean, it was great. It, it was to the point where, like, I think I came out of a game in Toronto and maybe I threw six and six innings or something. And, you know, it was, we were, it was like one to one or something. And, um, you know, we're down to two outs the inning and I'm still like pitcher on record. All of a sudden we hit a home run and it's just like, oh my gosh, like, here comes another, <laughs> here comes another one for Pomerantz. They were just rolling in, you know, and it was that was like that was like the best feeling ever. I was like, we were we needed to win, and we were winning everything. You know, I, I you feel like you can't, you know, you feel like you can't do anything wrong. I mean, and then there's <laughs> the other side with next year. It was like I couldn't do anything right. Yeah. So I, I definitely experienced all of it there. And those Boston fans are ruthless too. when you're when you're when you hang it up you know down the line drew go sit in the right field bleachers for Sox yankees when you get a chance it's the it's like the only place i'll go with my dad we'll we'll drive up from new york when i was younger and sit in the right field bleachers and the yankee fans are crazy obviously and the southies (laughs) are just going there to 
drink and get in fights and kicked oh, yeah. out. It's just it's like yeah. utter mayhem in the right field yeah. bleachers. Um, did you? What was the yeah, feeling? That was, my, that was my first when I when I first met up with the team in '16. They're like, uh, you can take a couple of days and meet us in New York. Uh, I met, yeah, I, I met him in New York for Sunday night, Sunday night baseball for Yankees Red Sox. And, you know, he was just like thrown right into the fire. Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> playing on the West Coast and playing on the East Coast was like two different worlds. Yeah. You know, it was really like, I probably needed that to kind of like jolt me into like, okay, like strap in, let's go, you know. Yeah, what's it? What was the season? You know, the the off season like for that Red Sox team because you got we felt. No, I was about to say we. I'm used to saying that as a fan, but you guys <laughs> fell short. <laughs> you guys, fell, <laughs> you guys fell short a little bit the year before um, to the Astros. What's the off season like for you guys to come in and kind of change things around? Mookie goes from an All Star level player to an MVP. JD Martinez comes in, takes it up a notch. Like, what's the feeling like in the clubhouse? Um, is there a different air or are you guys taking it personally last year and kind of, you know, trying to get this thing done? And, and you're talking about 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, um, yeah, it was, I mean, we, we were all feeling good. We were, you know, pissed about getting put out by the Astros the year before. And, you know, you're focused on like, you know, progressing. We got put out, you know, basically weirdly enough, I think every time I've been in the postseason and been put out, it's been by a team who goes to the World Series. So, like, you know, you don't want to be that team. Like, in 2014, we got beaten in a wild card game by the Royals, who went all the way to the World Series. Yeah. 2015, we got put out by the Indians. They went all the way to the World Series. 17, um, Astros. And then, you know, 18, we won. We were the team to win the World Series. And then last year we got put out by the Nationals. Nationals. Oh, I forgot about that. Jesus, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> I felt how you feel as a fan. Sometimes you're watching, you feel for a guy. That's just like a it just happens. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but yeah, going into that year, it was like you know we were we were feeling good. You know we had a good rotation. We had picked up JD. Um, we were feeling really good going into that. I you know I got hurt early in spring training. Yeah, so I kind of pushed back i probably you know i think the part that hurt me was i came back way sooner than i should have mm-hmm. i should have taken my time but it's it's hard because you're so competitive you're like i want i need to get back now i want to help i want to help the team um you know but that's just you know it's just turned into that year i was talking about where you can't do anything right but thankfully i'm pretty sure that i sucked in all of the bad energy that year because i was like the only guy to have a bad year and <laughs> everyone <laughs> yeah had record years and you know we obviously end up going all the way through the world series um, yeah so it was pretty pretty awesome and uh strange at the same time being the you know the brunt of all of that <laughs> it's when you're in the world series you know the team there uh i'm I, I was at the game i was at game five and you had a better seat i told you before the show started that we were at the same game just in a different spot and <laughs> the the uh a guy like Steve Pierce, like out of nowhere, do you got like, what's the vibe in the locker room when a guy like that, you know, who's been around as a journeyman, hasn't had his real moment to shine is just coming through. And it's like, the, he's like the most kind of like Boston come through kind of guy, like blue collar, even though I don't even know if he is, he just has that vibe about him. Steve <laughs> Pierce sounds like such a blue collar name. You know, what's the vibe like in the locker room when a guy like that steps up? Uh, 
man, it was, it was pretty cool to see. And you always see, you know, in World Series or playoff runs, guys are stepping up. But yeah. We had we also had Nathan Avaldi, who was just like a complete animal throughout that whole World Series. And uh, that, that was pretty, pretty unbelievable to watch. Because the first couple rounds, I wasn't on the roster. So I'm like, I was in the dugout just screaming my head off the whole time. Like, trying <laughs> to, you know, just be the best cheerleader I can, you know. And um, it, uh, you know, to see to see what those guys did is, you know, Steve and 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 Nate, like Absolutely. that was unbelievable. Like what he did in that extra inning game was like superhuman almost. Oh yeah, I remember where we, I remember where we were. We were in our old apartment, packed, and there was like Boston guys that we're friends with out here, like real Boston guys, and everyone's packed and watching him work and just go and just go and like in a losing effort too, and like everyone at the end of the game was like i've never seen a pitcher lose a game and get that much kudos it kind of similar like to the jordan doc where jordan drops 63 in the garden against the celtics and lose and everyone's like whoa not talking about the celtics winning where they're talking about mj losing it was kind of like one of those performances yeah it was um, i mean we came in and i think cora even said us like we lost and we were pissed but he was like we had he came in and everyone he was like get everyone in here he's like I want you guys to think about what this guy just did for the team. Like made a point of, you know, show like for all of us to just take a second to realize like he just put everything on the line. Like he could have injured himself, could have done a lot of things, you know, just, you know, doing everything he can to help the team. And like, even, even losing, like just seeing what he did just makes you like become even more of a team, you know, because you see like, you know, you, you have to give everything you possibly can you know, everyone has a role, you know, and you yeah. don't want to be the guy who doesn't, you know, do, do their job, you know? Totally, totally, totally. I mean, and then people like, you know, it's people think baseball is so like such an individual sport because the way they count stats, but it's really so important. I mean, each guy in the bullpen is such a vital piece. I mean, look at the new, you know, not to talk dollars and cents with you, but look at the new deal you just got. You know, like every piece in the bullpen is so vital nowadays and every guy off the bench is so vital. Like they're looking at the Reds right now. And if there's a DH in the NL, all of a sudden the Reds are got to be one of the most dangerous teams in baseball because they stockpile their outfielders. And now they have guys they can rotate in the DH spot. And it's a completely different yeah. ballgame. You have so many guys. It's 25 man for a reason, you know? Yeah. Now twenty six. Not yeah. now twenty. Now twenty six. No, thank God, man. I love I love guys getting a shot, uh, <laughs> and then getting another shot. You go to San Fran, and then things aren't working out as well, and then you go to Milwaukee, and then the palm the the it's like the, you're like the Giants. Every other team, you're like the Pomerantz trades. Like now you're going off in Milwaukee. What's changing for you there? What's the vibe like there in the clubhouse that allows you to kind of bring the best out of you? Um, you know when I when I I so I. I worked really hard the year before, you know, when I signed with the Giants. Yeah. Didn't get a deal I wanted, but, you know, they gave me an opportunity, a huge opportunity, which I really wasn't getting much from anyone. And so I worked really hard. I put on a bunch of weight. And my folks, my, the problem the year before was like, my, I thought my VLO was that. So I made a point to, okay, I'm not, my, my VLO is not going to be the problem this year. So I'm like eating everything, trying, I gained like, I don't even know, like probably like, 20 pounds like from the start of the spring training to start of the next spring training it was probably somewhere between 15 and 20 pounds wow. and you know i i worked really hard at that and you know my my velocity came back everything pretty much came back but i still wasn't getting results like that whole you know whole time there once once june hit for me 
I made some adjustments and I really started pitching a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we come back from all-star break and I was supposed to pitch like a certain day, whatever. And then I, when I show up, it was actually in Milwaukee. I was still with the giants. They're like, okay, you might be pitching game five. I'm like, what the hell's changed? Like no one's told me anything, you know? And so I had to, I was in the bullpen, like helping out um, for the first series. And then they're like, okay, you're going to pitch, you know? And then, from there, we went to Colorado, and I was, like, still helping out. And they're like, if you don't pitch, you're going to start, you know, the fifth game or whatever after the break. So I pitch. I pitch really good, you know, five and, you know, into the sixth inning, basically, and, and dominate. Um, the weird thing was that game is I had, like, something – like, my big thing has always been my curveball. Like, yeah, totally. I, you know, I've always had my curveball, and, you know, I have – you know, you can't pitch primarily with fastball. I, I found a cutter in 2016 when San Diego, but so going into that game, I had, I use, I throw it different. I like spike it and I flick it straight forward. So it's a lot of pressure on like my pointer finger and I keep a little bit of a fingernail um, because it just helps me feel the seam. I don't know. It's probably a mental thing. <laughs> that's but, awesome. <laughs> I but, love it. That's but, intricate as hell. <laughs> but so I, I had like broken my fingernail. I split it down to like, you know, down to where the skin meets the nail. Mm-hmm. And like, it hurt so bad that I couldn't like, I tried to throw a curveball in warmups and like, it literally shot pain through my whole body. Cause it was, must be like a nerve or something like that. It was terrible. So I'm like, well, shit, like I don't have, I can't throw my curveball, you know, like what the hell am I going to do? So like, I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to being fastball cutter this day, you know? And I go out there and I, no one knew this. I didn't want anyone to know because then they would just not be sitting on it, you know? And, uh, or just cancel it out. So I go and pitch that whole time like that. And I pitched really well. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm sure going to, you know, won that little mini battle there, <laughs> freak out. And I'm like, I'm probably going to, you know, you know, I'm going to have a better second half. So then, basically some conversations are happening and you're going to the bullpen. So I'm like, I'm like not happy about it. I was pissed. I like, I was pissed. Like everyone talked to me, uh, you know, telling me you're on the bullpen. Just blah, blah. I was, I was just really not happy about it. So I, I decided to kind of channel that into like, you know, I'm going to, the first time I came out of the bullpen, I was just throwing as hard as I could, like grunting on every pitch. And all of a sudden, I look up and I'm, like, I'm throwing like 96. And I'm like, hmm, I guess that easy. <laughs> get pissed off and just throw as hard as I can. So that kind of started all of it. And so then from then, then on, basically, I get traded. And I just did that every time. I, I pitched like four or five times. And all of a sudden, like people are calling and asking to trade for me um, is what I heard. And then, you know, I, I just kind of ran with it. You know, I just... Yeah was like basically max effort and because I put on that weight you know it helped me you know the year before I topped out probably like I maybe once I had 93 or something but then on and then I'm like 90 you know all the way up to 98 like last year you know it's like it was crazy to like for me to be like just year just from one year you know just to totally just change everything it's so nuts how that one tick of a like two one or two ticks in the radar gun just really makes a difference. And the common, I feel like people just don't realize that. I remember like watching the you know the decline of the freak right, 
And once it comes throwing, he's going from like 98 to like 94. And 94 is still fast, but it's not 98. And the decline of dark, the dark night, when the dark night became Bruce Wayne, you know, when he's going from like 98 to like 94, it like makes such a massive difference. And these ticks up, up and down the radar are just huge. And it changes the kind of preparation, I feel, for a hitter who knows you at this point. Because you, you've been in the big leagues for a minute, and they're, they're expecting 93. They're expecting the curve. And all of a sudden, they're getting hit with a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. It's a completely different thing to prep for. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's also, like, another factor, too. It's, like, sometimes when the velocity drops, the ball just comes out different. Like, yeah. when I'm right, when I'm throwing 92, and then when I'm hurt and I'm throwing 92, it's, like, too different. It's, like you feel like you're throwing a shot put to the plate as yeah. opposed to like when I'm feeling good, it's like I'm throwing it literally through the catcher. Yeah. It has like a different ability. Me especially always had like good rise in my fastball and good rise. And, and that's part of it. Like I found that like that, you know, that extra gear on my, you know, velocity. Yes. But also just like driving the ball in there. And I really, that combined with the velocity just, that's what helped me go, you know, on that, on that tear that I did. Yeah. And you go on the tear and then all of a sudden the place you didn't want to be is your new home. You're crushing it in the bullpen and that's got mm. you that that's got you the new deal. What was the decision like to go play in San Diego? Obviously, uh, Nick over here is a huge Padres fan. I've been hearing for the last two and a half years of my life that they're going to win the world series. So they're clearly a team on the rise somehow. One day, one day. day. I mean, please, for the love of God, for this, this person, uh, my buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what's the decision like to go though, back to San Diego? Um, as far as like, you know, how your family's deciding what, what all plays factors for you? Um, you know, every, you know, they came out pretty strong and, you know, I had a few teams come out pretty strong. Um, and want to sign me, which is kind of crazy because the year before like, we were getting like nothing. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I have two good months and then every, you know, all these teams want to sign me and like basically everyone's in, you know, everyone's that's calling, you know, from my agent is, is in. And, um, you know, I, um, they came out strong and I had, I had a few offers that were close, but it just came. I, I literally had no bad, exp- like, my favorite place I ever lived was here. I, we had a condo like right on the beach in La Jolla. And like, you know, I, I pitched so good every time. I make the all-star game at home park. I had literally like no bad like memories here, like none. Yeah. And so it, them wanting to sign me that bad, it just made it, you know, made it that much easier to be comfortable with there. Like there's like no, you have no doubt making that decision. It's like me and my wife both loved every second we were there so um it was just really nice to you know to be back and i love the organization i like the people here too so it was you know it just worked out so good yeah and it's and it's an exciting team honestly you obviously have ftj who's one of the hottest young guys in baseball but uh, machado even on a machado down year he's still hitting hosmer's won before you've won before you know mackenzie gore is a guy in the minors who everyone's going to know his name in a few years because he's just absolutely lights out so prior to the off season, what's what's the vibe in the clubhouse like for you guys heading into the season? Um, I mean, new manager too. New manager. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, it it was really good. You know, it's it was definitely a much different feeling than the last time I was here. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some different guys in the clubhouse, and you know, we kind of gotten the older guys together, and we, you know, we were talking about just pushing the team in the right direction, and just kind of having like, you know, we want to win here. Like, we want to win. We have the guys to win. We just need to figure out what that you know that special formula is to like to actually win 
So we have all the guys. We have our bullpen's, you know, you know, ridiculous. You know, we have we have a lot of good starters. We got, you know, Paddock and some of those young guys are really good. We got Garrett Richards, disgusting. And you know, you know, we got Manny, we got Hosmer, we got Tatis, we got Tommy Pham, we got, you know, we got all these guys. And um, you know, we have the team to do it. And, you know, we were feeling like it was, we were I was feeling really good about where our season was going. And then obviously we had the, you know, we had the hold up and all of this, but you know, I'm still pretty confident that I think we're gonna do really well if if you know if we get back to playing this year the fam Me too. i'm confident too. <laughs> the fam pickup was sneaky i love that one uh what's mm. your if you don't mind divulging you don't have to go full into it how are you feeling about mm. the way things are going right now because i saw a marcus stroman tweet and he's he's vocal i know that i know he's one of the vocal ones um but how are you feeling about how things are going right now are we going to see a season because us as baseball fans are just praying for it yeah, I mean, we all, you know, I think we all want to play. I haven't, I think a lot of stuff came out today. I'm really not, you know, that caught up to know exactly what's going on. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, I hope we play and we all want to play. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we come to some sort of agreement. We can get this started sooner than later. So you're kind of just bud light down for whatever, let, you know, let them hash it out. And you're just going to come in. <laughs> you're just going to come in and rip it when it's time. <laughs> yeah i just you know i hope i hope that we can find some sort of compromise here yeah you know and you know I'm, I'm just trying to stay mentally ready to do what i need to do and make sure that i'm ready to do my part you know, you know if we end up playing so that's great man drew drew everything that you've said just like about your career and reflection just like makes me think about you know how you've been to so many different places even when you're in the minors you're you're hopping around into so many different cities and and that's that's an experience that a lot of other guys in the MLB have also had, um, where a lot of times you guys are just getting moved around like chess pieces. Talk about just like for you, like the mental grind and like how you how you kind of stay engaged to because you have all these other factors that are happening. And then then you got to go pitch. Like, yeah. how do you how do you stay in it? Is it just as simple as taking it day by day or what's kind of yeah. your process like? I mean, I remember the first time I got traded when I was awkwardly at Indians um, place in Arizona. And like, I was like, how am I going to keep myself motivated? Like I need to like stay like mentally focused. And like, I literally did something as simple. Like I like wrote, you know, you're like the cheesy, like I wrote on my mirror in my hotel bathroom, like just like stay ready or something like that. Just so every day I saw it and like, just tried to like mentally like, Cause I was having a really good year at that point too. And like, you just have to like stay focused on the goal. You know, you fo focused on, you know, what, you know, know what makes you good and, and just keep that, you know, you know, keep that in focus. And, you know, I, over time I've really learned to just simplify things, you know, like I said, with the Randy Wolf stuff and like I've had a lot of different things where I just try and keep my thoughts like, you know, you know, when you're freaking out and you're a rookie, all your thoughts are like this, but you have to kind of narrow that focus into like um, just really just making things as simple as you possibly can. So you know, it just takes a lot of the pressure off of yourself. Yeah. That's great, man. To kind of put the blinders on. It's such a mental game. I mean, we've heard guys mm -hmm. talk about, you know, how the littlest mental tweaks, you know, I brought up Joel Hanrahan last time. So random. I never thought I'd throw his name out on the podcast, but he talked about in an interview, a mental tweak he had. Bring up, I'll, bring, I'll use it every time. He, a mental tweak he had in an interview where he was pitching like dog shit. And then he kind of just changed like his, just literally his composure, you know, on the mound. And it's different. 
You know, it's such yeah. a game. It's such a chess match, like you're saying, Toss. Um, we got a couple more for you, Drew, though. These are little fun ones. Now, you know, I assume you've been a fan of the game for a long, long time. You've played the game for mm-hmm. a long time now. Your favorite sports memory. Your favorite sports memory. Could be you playing. Could be you watching. Anything. I don't know. Oh, man. i tell you one, uh, what's kind of a funny story. So when I was like nine years old, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and the Cardinals and um, – uh, I don't know if it's my favorite sports memory, but this is one thing I, I remember and I like it all comes full circle. But so Cardinals and Redbirds, uh, Cardinals AAA would always have an exhibition game every year. So like I'm nine years old and you know, I'm, I'm down there getting autographs from people. Like I get all these, I get Sean Dunson, who I was, uh, who I was, was in, in San Francisco when I was there. So I get to meet him. And then, you know, the big, you know, the big ticket item is Mark McGuire. So like, you know, I, you know, I'm waiting, I have like my ticket, I have my ball and I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay. Um, he's like, Hey, can you sign my ball? Or I sign my ticket. Sure. And, uh, he's like, sure. I'll sign. I was like, Hey, can you sign my ball? And he's like, uh, wow. Only, only one autograph. And I was, I'm nine. I'm like, Oh my God. I like crushed me. So then, like, I, I always remember that. And I still remember that when I saw an autographs with people. Like, I remember that moment. So then fast forward to when I'm in San Diego the first time, Mark McGuire is our bench coach. Yeah. So then like, I get to, like, talk to him about that. <laughs> like, we, like, talk about, like, I told him, and he's like, oh, my, he, like, realized, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? Like, like different players have had these moments with, with players growing up. and then you reach Please tell me he signed the ball for you. <laughs> no, I didn't ask him to resign. Like, <laughs> like we were just kind of like laughing about it because you know here I am in the big leagues myself, and you have this whole new perspective on like yeah. my perspective. Then was like, oh man, you know, you know how can I like this? This sucks. Like he wouldn't sign my ball for me. And my perspective now is like sometimes when you go out there and there's like, how am I gonna sign all of these autographs? You know, yeah. And, like I want to so bad. <laughs> like it's a whole like you see it like a whole different way you know it's like like, oh i'm not gonna be mad at him anymore (laughs) i mean i i think all three of us have probably had that situation when we were kids you know going up early before the game trying to get autographs and get turned down it's it's crushing as a kid but you get it now like i always forgot i was always that loser that forgot a pen I was like, fuck, I did it again. Uh, Can I borrow your pen? Can I borrow your pen? It's like it's someone's Sharpie. Uh, uh, Maguire, though, they're coming out with this documentary on him. And what's it like? He's viewed as one way by the baseball community. But, like, getting to know him, like, how did that change your perspective on a guy like that? You know, I I loved him. I loved him. You know, I I would always, you know, I think he's an awesome guy. I was always joking around with him. You know, when I was hitting, I would be like, you know, like messing around, I'd step out of the box and like glare at him. You know, like just messing around during game stuff. You you hit a home run with San Diego. I did, yeah. I hit my second one. I actually hit my first home run in San Diego, but I hit my second one with San Diego. Yeah. So th- I mean, now we know why you want to go back to San Diego. <laughs> Pitchers <laughs> are now, there's the, now there's the DH, but I think my computer's about to die. I'm gonna I'm gonna log back. Can I log back in with my uh, um your phone? link yeah with my phone yeah totally yeah. man totally log back in with your phone and then we'll close it out in a few um let me find okay yeah let me let me log back in one second gotcha man all right 
Cool dude. That bird was a a beautiful singer. That bird was oh, there we go. Now he got a different view. Look at that up close and personal, baby. <laughs> you got you guys us. Hear me? Yeah, we're your, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah, we got you. You're golden, man. Now I can see that you're rivaling Nick for the uh, quarantine beard. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh face is gone. Uh, so exactly. That's a so yeah, a guy like McGuire. I mean, it's it's crazy. I'm sure you know. It's like it's so. I'm curious to see how the whole thing is broken down because I mean, it's watching the Lance Armstrong one, and there's no excuse for what he did. It's just such a conundrum. We had an interview this morning where uh one, where our guest was talking about it, and he was saying that on one hand the guy is you know live strong can cancer advocate. On the other hand, he's a cheater. You know, and I'm curious to see how they portray Maguire and portray Sosa because on one hand, yeah, he, you know, he cheated the game. But on the other hand, everybody but Griffey's doing it pretty much, you know, and all, mm -hmm. all these guys are good guys, you know, and it's, and it's hard to separate. So it's kind of interesting to hear you say that you're, you loved him, you know, and, and you separated that. Did you, did you expect to, were you nervous kind of to be around him and having him back in the game kind of deal or it didn't really phase you? Uh, I mean, my my the the thing on my head was that autograph session. You know, when I think, <laughs> Armstrong, I think about it is I got your autograph and like well, I'm like waiting for the moment when I'm gonna drop that on him and be like, hey, when uh, so this one time when I was not, <laughs> that's funny, funny. I just remember it's like we were just in the outfield and talking. He was just like laughing. He's like, really? He's like, well, he's like, I've heard this story before, and a lot of times. He's like, do you still have the autograph? I'm like, yeah, still got it pinned up on my in my bedroom at home. Because he's like, a lot of people lose them, surprisingly. I guess that's like a common thing that he's heard. Is, you know, people, you know, they wait for that autograph and then, you know, they lose it, you know, within the last 20 years or whatever. There's got to no be way. a billion Mark McGuire items in pawn shops that are, that are out there right <laughs> just now. out there right now. One pawn shop completely dedicated to it in St. Louis. Uh, we'd love to ask, we asked our last pitcher this, we'll ask you this. Outside of Drew Pomerantz, who are your top five in order pitchers in baseball right now? Your top five guys. Man. Um, that's tough. I mean, you obviously have to throw um, DeGrom in there. He's pretty unbelievable. Two for two with DeGrom um, being first. He's dirty. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's nasty. Um, Scherzer's fun to watch. He's just so all out every time. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I got to turn my baseball brain back on because, like, all this, like, having being at the field, you know, it's, you know, not seeing any. I, don't, I can't think. Um, let's see. Um, Rainforest Cafe. Man. Um, let me think of who else. You know, yeah, I know he's, you know, having, you know, I think he had Tommy John, but Sale, like, yeah, when he's on, he's on. He's the, and he's the, like, the best guy ever. So, like, that, you know, it, it, it he's, he's awesome and he is so nasty. And it's just like, I like watching lefties, you know, I am partial to the lefties. Yeah. I like seeing nasty lefties. It's always, always fun for me to see. Um, nasty lefties are while you're thinking nasty lefties are just they're so much more intimidating i feel to a hitter 
I think Randy Johnson kind of, you know, set that trend for like the 2000s on. But like a really good lefty that could kind of dominate the order. Like Johan was filthy. Cliff Lee was like disgusting. All these guys. And they just had like a just a different air, to, air about them. Mad bum when he hawks his arm back. It's just yeah. like, Jesus, yeah. bro. I was like, and Chapman, who Nick thinks in 100 bats he can get contact off. I was like, <laughs> after, after the first pitch of Chapman throws, I'm, just, I'm going back to the dugout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's uh, he's pretty fun to watch too. Um, yeah, I don't. know. It's hard to narrow it down to five. I just you know I just enjoy watching you know pitchers and you know guys like Garrett Cole who are just all out every pitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like it kind of morphs into what I'm feeling like now. I'm like this all out you know throw everything as hard as I hard and nasty as I can. So I like watching those guys a lot too. Like. Someone yeah. like I've also played with on Team USA, and like he's just you know he's every fastball is so hard, and every breaking ball is so nasty. Like it was just really fun for me to watch. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just when when your team has a good pitcher, it's just like every the floodgates open for that franchise. You know, it's just such a vital piece. I remember when the Sox acquired Sale. I, you know, I was thinking, I'm like Jesus. You know what? I'm buying this jersey on MLB shop right now. Just don't give me a Carl Crawford situation. Just don't Crawford me. Cause I remember I did the same thing as a kid. I bought the Crawford thing. I'm like, don't do this to me again. And when he's on man, he is just, it's so, and like that confidence. And it's so different watching pitcher to pitcher, all of them be so effective and kind of like, you know, like we were discussing at the top of the show, it's such a mental difference for all these guys. Like you have your thing, sale has his thing and you could see it in their demeanor. Scherzer's like got that mad max type deal and DeGrom's like cool as a cucumber but they're both so great at the same time. It's a good yeah. picture is a beautiful thing to watch. That's what's been really cool for me is like being able to play with all those different guys. Like sometimes I have to, you know, sit back and just be like, man, it's, it's just, you know, you know, them on a different level and then just watch, you know, you watch them and they're nasty and then you get to play with them. And it's like, you know, just, you just have this whole perspective and I try and like, you know, soak up as much information as I can from, you know, some of these guys, you know, even like David, you know, David Price, I watched him for so long and like, he's, he's awesome and he is nasty. And yeah, I still remember seeing him like when he first came up with the Rays, you know, and he's just, he's just like, you know, he was SDC Vanderbilt guy. Like, so you look up to these guys who, you know, you want to take the same path they take. And it's just been really awesome for me to get, you know, have the experience to play with, play with these guys. Yeah. You talk about uh, looking at like, having guys that you're going after i i saw somewhere i read somewhere that your your great grandfather did he play in the bigs right yeah. isn't that yeah great grandfather garland buckeye played like back when babe ruth was playing so wow. we've heard, <laughs> that, yeah. that name is yeah. i can't believe that name didn't get passed down don't get me wrong yeah. <laughs> drew, drew pomerantz has some swag but garland buckeye the fourth would have been badass coming yeah. out coming out of the bullpen <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's my, it's my dad's, my dad's middle name is Buckeye, so at least that came down a little bit, but. Was uh, that talked about when you and your, when you and your brother were younger, just like whispered into your ear, like, hey, your great-grandfather did it, you can do it too, kind of thing? I think it was more, that is, you know, to be honest, it is kind of what kind of shaped us, because my, you know, he, you know, I don't know exactly, like, he was around when my dad was learning baseball, and he was like a very hard-nosed, like, like guy and very just like like less talk more action guy you yeah. know like that's kind of the way me and my brother both were raised growing up with my dad is like 
are you going to talk about what you're going to do or are you going to go actually do it you know yeah. like you know you got you, we grew up with that attitude was like i'm going to shove this ball up your ass basically and that's like <laughs> that's like the approach that we had every day my dad's super competitive super athletic so like he you know he pushed us you know really hard and we wanted to be good and like that's what you know kind of trickle effect from him kind of you know, came on to us and what shaped, you know, my mentality towards baseball. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Damn. That's awesome. It's always awesome to hear like those, you know, family roots of, you know, athletes that it doesn't matter what sport it is. It's always cool to kind of hear that lineage. That'd be yeah. an interesting name to put on uh, the players weekend jersey, Garland Buckeye as the player's nickname. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a, what's your you have one nickname before we let you go what's your nickname i saw it somewhere do you have one big smooth big smooth big smooth big smooth where does that come from uh it actually when i was when i got traded to boston i think i was on the bus and uh i think price and porcello were in the back and i think porcello they were trying to come up with a nickname for me and then he, and then Por- Porcello just started screaming big smooth at me. And like, it just, it just became <laughs> things. So it was pretty, it was pretty funny. That's, That's awesome, dope. man. That's great. Your, before, your, before your, wife, like, your wife ever hear anyone call you that and be like, what, <laughs> what did they just say? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Big, like big smooth. Like what? what? I'm like, I don't know. Like I did not come up with this nickname. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No deeper idea this is not i'm not self-proclaimed big smooth (laughs) before we let you go uh i know we got some padres fans that are probably going to listen to this who are some guys that um that you've seen that's really going to impress some people and turn some heads on the team this year i mean our bullpen is going to be ridiculous Ridiculous. Uh, our our, you know what's been cool for me to see is like you, you see tatis like you know, from one side and, you know, he plays so hard and he's so electric and fun to watch. And then, you know, the biggest thing that jumps out of my mind is we had like a hitter, like a hitters game, um, like middle of what was spring training. And, you know, we had some pitchers, you know, you're on teams where you get to like pick guys and we picked like our teams and played. So Tatis was on my team and like, that's the first time I've really actually seen him hit. And like, we're on like a curveball machine on a backfield and this guy's just launching balls. Like <laughs> he's just absolutely like hitting balls on the street over the fence. Um, it was the first time I was like, barely crap. 21 years old too. Yeah. And then we go to like another machine that's throwing fastballs and he's just taking them out. Like, you know, dead center oppo pull. Like he's got like the same power to all fields. And it's pretty yeah. like, pretty unbelievable to see you know the type of athlete he is any young pitchers that uh people might not know right now that are going to know them really later on in the year um i mean we're going to see mckenzie at some point you know he's been so you know he's pitched so well um he's he's a he's an awesome guy as well i think he as well yeah Pacino, yeah you know i really didn't you know i didn't get to see a lot of a lot of some guys um I want Paddock yeah, to take the of, next step, man. I think Paddock's yeah, got Paddock, this stuff, bro. I think he could take that next step to the yeah. upper echelon. We saw some of it last year. Yeah, he's good. I think I think Garrett Richards is gonna have a really good year this year. He's so yeah. bad. I remember being on the other side when I was in Oakland. He's just, he's filthy. 
Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be a fun one uh, to watch this year too. Yeah, man. Good stuff, man. Good stuff for the Padres. We're glad you're over there. We'll have to when things are back to normal. We're a quick drive away from Los Angeles. So when you're in here, we'll come watch you. We'll we'll shoot on down to there with our friend, our mutual friend Nacho. Quick shout out to him for linking us up. Who great friend, worst sports takes in the planet. Just don't talk basketball with the guy. Uh, and then Drew Pomerantz, everybody. Drew, thank you so much, man. We loved it. Uh, can't wait to run it back in the future. And guys, go root for the Padres with Nikki Snackskrider and our boy now, Drew Pomerantz. <laughs> Thanks, awesome. Brother. Thanks, guys. Of course, man. And just a friendly reminder, we are brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, and they will match your deposit that's right, the match your deposit with a little welcome bonus with the code MYPOD100BetOnline.ag. Go there, bet on something, bet on futures, bet on the casino. Get money, get paid. Thank you guys so much for listening to an awesome show. Um, we loved having Drew, and can't wait to have him back postseason. Please, God, give us a season, right? We all want the MLB to come back. Thank God the MLB, NBA is coming back, which is great. Um, and, yeah, to the fans out there, drag both feet inbound, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. We will have a eight-second moment of silence uh, for George Floyd uh, and all those who have lost their lives to uh, police brutality. Uh, we love you. We stand with you. Um, we out you. We love you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.